0: This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. I want you to stand with me. We're going to read a verse of scripture here today. Amen. I am learning to be comfortable with not completed messages when I get to the pulpit. Um, This message is not complete. This message will be completed when the Lord comes. Um, I think that's what we need to have. We don't know it all. I don't know it all. And every, just a little thought for young ministers or teachers or somebody who's teaching Bible studies, do not go to somebody thinking you have it all figured out, because there's probably people in this room that will think of other things as I'm going through this message here today that I will learn more as I go down the road, but the, the Word of God is not, um, nobody has conquered everything in the Word of the Lord, and um, so we want to let it grow, so when this message is, is done it's still growing, and um, the way I learn is I teach on things that I may not have all the answers to, but God speaks through us and uses us to grow through teaching to discipling, amen. So if you want to grow, disciple somebody. You say, Pastor, I only know two scriptures. We'll disciple somebody about those two scriptures, and then God will give you more scriptures to 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 minister. Amen. Ecclesiastes, the most the, the most un, the most sought out book in the Bible that takes people the longest to find Ecclesiastes I could probably give everybody just about a few seconds to make sure you find that and um, Ecclesiastes chapter number one and then we'll read a little bit out of chapter number three as well and I pray that I can convey a little bit today uh, what I feel in the in the spirit of the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter number one verse number. 1, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north; it whirleth about continually, and the war and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Think about that. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labor; man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing nor the ear filled with hearing the thing that hath uh, that hath been is it is that which shall be and that which is done is that which shall be done and there is no new thing under the sun i'm going to go to ecclesiastes chapter number 3 now and then you can be seated uh, after i read a couple of verses here Ecclesiastes 3, to everything there is a season, you've all heard this scripture, and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. Those principles are hard for a lot of people. Let me read that, a time to keep silent and a time to speak time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Look to your neighbor and say, thus saith the word. I was sitting in my office last night and it dawned on me and it's, it's 2020 and I asked it's just maybe I asked myself, maybe I just began to think to myself and I said, now what? <laughs> I never thought in my lifetime that we would see twenty twenty uh, have you ever how many ever thought that you never see the year two thousand maybe back in the day two thousand was seen so far we have people in here that have, were born after two thousand so it may not mean a whole lot to you, but um, I never thought that two thousand would ever come that it would be How do I write double zeros on my date book, you know, and that's just an odd thing going from the 92 or 93 and then double zeros. Now we're writing two zero on a check, Uh, writing two zero on a, on a date. And I, I I did not really think that God would wait to come till after 2020. I, I didn't really, in, in my time, I didn't thought, wow, I just don't, I never thought I'd be married for almost 25 years. I didn't think that God would hold out that long. That thought the Lord would come much sooner. In fact, I remember as a teenager, Lord, don't come at least until I get married. I wanted to be married. God, I, I, I want some experience some things in life, so can you hold off for a moment? And those are selfish prayers, and I know, but um, there were, there is a time for everything, and God saw fit that, yes, that we would see this day, so now what? We saw here, now we're at the year, the first few days of 2020, and look to your neighbor and say, now what? Now what? We've arrived to a place that perhaps we never thought we'd see, but now what? We, we, we've come to a time and come to a place in our walk with God, and we've been challenged. We, we feel that, the, that God has perhaps called us to greater things, but now what? The devil would like for you to have that question permeated in your mind but never have an answer. He doesn't mind you having the question. He minds if you have an answer to the now what. An old example I used many years ago was that the biggest feared words of the devil that he hates for any saint of God to use is now. He does not like for you to say, I'm going to serve the Lord now. I'm going to repent today. I'm going to give my heart to the Lord today. I'm going to pray now. I'm going to seek God now. I'm going to live for the Lord. I'm going to read my word now. How many know that when you make up your mind that right now I'm going to set aside time to serve the Lord, and the moment that you have that inclination or that drive that you're going to pray or you're going to read The devil comes in like a flood. And all of a sudden, all these excuses come in why you can't, Um, why you shouldn't, or I just don't have the time, I don't have the discipline, I don't have this. That is, when you say that I'm going to do something now, the devil will say, I got something else for you to do right now. There There is a war between the flesh and the spirit talks about that in the book of Romans, the flesh and the spirit. Um, But he does not like the word now. The devil fears one who declares now. He fears one that says that I'm going to serve the Lord now. You know what the devil loves? He loves the procrastinator. And here's what the kingdom of God is full of, and that is procrastinators. When I was, and I didn't finish this story, my wife reminded me, Last week when I was uh, after my message, she helps me with a lot of things after I preach because she wrote the notes and she tells me what I missed in her notes, what I preached. No, I was I was we were at last week. We were at DSW shoe warehouse and we had come out of the store and we ran into a, a guest that had come that week earlier at our church. And and she had a friend with her. And uh, we begin to talk to them about the Lord, or talking about them, about the church and about God, we just start beginning to share things. And, and in that moment, her friend was, uh, uh, her husband was in the hospital. and um, her husband was in the hospital, and we were standing outside right there in Plainfield field shops. And, and we began to talk about it. I said, "Well, we can pray for your husband." And it's something checked in my spirit, and the Lord says, "Now." And I said, well, "We're going to pray for, her, for him now." And she said, well, absolutely. So we gathered together right there in Plainfield, right on the corner. If you've been there, Old Navy's across the street, DSW, right here. We're right in front of the doors at DSW. And we gathered together, and we began to call upon the name of Jesus right then. The devil doesn't like a right now kind of prayer. He would rather you have a procrastinated prayer. So I'm going to come against the spirit right now of procrastination that we have in the house of God. And that is, I'll serve God later. I'll read the word of God later. I'll pray later. I'll call somebody later. I'll do the things of God later. I'll push my calling down what God has called me to do. I'll do it at another time. God's calling you to do that right now. Somebody say right now. It's Right now is the time. Today is the day. Philippians 1 and 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. if the Lord calls you to do something, He will expect you to do that right now and start growing in that calling, growing in that relationship, growing and cultivating this. So I'm going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter number three, and I'm just going to just speak to you from a heart about what some of the things says in the rest of the book of Ecclesiastes. Now the book of Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. Um, and he was one. He was a king. He was a he was a, one of the wisest men to walk the earth, if not the wisest man to walk the earth. And verse number nine, which where I stopped at verse number eight, verse number nine begins to talk about the sovereignty of God. Talks about the sovereignty of God. So I want you to keep that in mind as we read the next six verses here. And it says, "What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. But he hath made everything beautiful in his time. And also he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy good of all his labor. It is a gift From God. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Somebody say, forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it, that men should fear before Him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. So, whatever God starts, it's going to finish. Whatever God says is going to happen, it will happen. It will be completed. It will be, it will take place. God says, I'm going to part the eastern skies. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to part the eastern skies. The word of God says he's a healer. Guess what? He is a healer. And it's not just saying that he's a healer. He expects to heal. A healer cannot be called a healer if he doesn't heal. A savior cannot be called a savior if he doesn't save. But I'm here to declare to you that my God is a healer and that he is a savior and that he is righteous and he does own it all. And it is through everything that is in this world. He is everything. Talks about the sovereignty of God. And then it starts talking about a list of vanities in verse number 16. And I pray that I get to what the point that that this scripture is talking about in your hearing today. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness that iniquity was there. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. And I said in my heart concerning Uh, the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, that they might see that they themselves are beasts. Now, what are you talking about here? Let me me read on those to bring some clarification. For that which befalleth the sons of men, befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them. As the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath. So that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go into one place. All are of the dust, and all turn to the dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward into or to the earth. Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him. I'm to go back to verse number, uh, verse number 18. He said, I said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, that they might see that they themselves are beasts. Well, what is, that, what is that talking about today? Manifest, that word manifest can also be translated as tests. Tests can manifest a person's character. I said a test can manifest someone's character. You wait. You want to know somebody's character? You wait, and when the pressure gets on them, you'll see who they really are. You let the test of time, you let the trials come in someone's life, and you will see their character. You'll see how they pray. You'll see how they respond. I am not worried about the affairs of this world, y'all. If you want to have a long conversation about the political thing, I'm not the person to really get into all that. And I'm not really concerned about this war that potentially may or may not happen over there in the Middle East. But I know one thing, that Jesus is coming. Because the Bible says that these things will happen, so I'm not going to worry about them. I'm going to just know that my God is coming, and he's coming very soon. So what in the world am I going to do being worried about all these things? I'm going to be worried about making sure you're going to heaven. I said, I need to make sure you're going to heaven because I know this whole thing is going to wrap up very soon. So our concern and our love should be greater for one another more than it's ever been before. Our love for God should be greater than it's ever been before. Our minds should be more about the kingdom of God than anything in this world because the time is now to do that. Is now to be more concerned about your brothers and sisters, making sure their soul was not going to a fiery hell, than making sure that they they're, they got that next good thing in their life. Vanities of this world. What he's saying: the tests can manifest a person's character. The preacher Solomon, if you will, recognize that God tests men allowing them on and opening to look through their their true makeup, understand who they really are. Circumstances will come into our lives. God does not test us to make sure and watch, make sure we fall. He wants to, he allows certain things into our life so that we can overcome, so we can see our, 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 our shortcomings, so therefore we can cry out to him and say, Abba, Father, cry out to him and say, Lord, I am yet just like a beast like anything else in this world, and I'll return to the dust of this earth, but my soul, I need to make right. I need to make right the soul in my spirit. Or in my life, when human beings fail to live up to God's standard, that's you and I, they are forced to acknowledge the truth of God's word and that all men are sinners in need of a redeeming God. I said all men are sinners in need of a redeeming God. What this test was, this manifest, that was tested, that was the Ecclesiastes is, is talking about, these things that are going to come up in our life, it will set things in your heart, what is right and what is wrong. Set things what are right and what are wrong. And in the moment when you understand that your life and the situations and the things that you are not right, and you know what's right, but you know that the difference between the two, and God is showing you through life's circumstances and through life's trials that things are not set in the proper order. It's in that moment what you decide in that moment that, that, that will tell who your true, true character is. I've seen so many people and I have done it throughout my life, is that when I see the test of trials that come, the first thing I want to do a lot of times is complain or or say something or or, or just, just tell everybody my, my story and tell everybody circumstances that, and how they have just... Uh, life has just brought just a, a bad set of apples on me. I, I don't want to get into that kind of mindset. I know what I should do when I feel like I have fallen. It should be push me to an altar of repentance uh, It push, should push me to a, an altar of a testimony. it should push me to an altar of praise and worship because I still have an opportunity to make things right I have an opportunity. I've seen so many times stay people stay in a state of sin, and I've said this, I've said this before, but I, I really believe that we need to understand what this is. When you fall into sin, you've sinned, right? But if you stay in sin, the Bible says it's something else. The Bible says it's rebellion, and rebellion is like witchcraft. So let me tell you something here today. If you are in sin, And you are remaining in sin. You are living in a spirit of rebellion against God. And you have the the spirit of witchcraft on you. And I'm I'm just speaking the word of God here today. That's what the Bible says. So what I can tell you right now is if you are living in a spirit of rebellion. And you've come to that that, that, that mindset that I know God is real and his word is, is, is right. And I know I'm not living right. And I know I'm living in a state of rebellion. That should compel you to an altar. That should push you to a place uh, of knowing Jesus is sovereign and his word is true and he will forgive you. He says the test of time will expose that you are just like any other beast on this earth. That it will expose that in the Bible, Solomon says you're just like any other animal on this world. That when you die, you'll breathe in and out. You'll die and you'll go right back to the dust. This flesh will, will fall. But our soul will live forever. Soul, but it has, a, it has a final resting place. It will find itself resting in heaven or it will find itself resting or not resting. But it will be in torment in hell. I know I've preached a little about heaven and hell the last couple of weeks. But I, I think we need to ring our bells just a little bit. That Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I said again Jesus is coming. It's time to get our act right. I said it's time to get things put in order. It's time to start praying like we should be praying. It's time to start worshiping like we should be worshiping. It's time to start loving our brothers like we should love our brothers and sisters. It's time to let let, let God be God and and let my spirit be succumbed to his spirit. It's time to simply say and pray the prayer, not my will, but thy will be done. I wonder what this church would look like if we all had that same mindset and says, Jesus, whatever you want me to do today, whatever you desire to work, in me, whatever you're speaking to me, let no wicked thing be in me that I would resist your word. Or we can just be like the beasts. We can just be like any other church. Breathe in and out, go through the motions, or we can allow that vanity to die, and let God be God. There's two words that have come to my, my heart today. And um God help me. I know what these words are, I just I, I want to say it in the right way. The start of this year, we we either are gonna start one of two ways. We're gonna start with consecration, or you're gonna start with compromise. That's it. Some of us are gonna stay the same that we were in 2019 and 2020. You'll we'll stay the same. In fact, if you stay the same, technically you're getting worse, I would say. And there's no really zealous spirit to get after the Lord. And I know a new year is a great time to start a new diet or start a new thing and start something new. Maybe gym memberships are up in January. Y'all been there? How many's ever joined a gym in January? A bunch of fibbers. I have, okay, December. How many joined in December? How many bought a new exercise equipment in January or December? Oh, my word. Okay, I have. I would admit that I have. I started a new exercise program in November. It has not paid off completely yet. Hamburgers keep calling my name. People keep bringing me ribs and barbecue. Barbecue. Elder Hayward, I I hid that from my kids, brother, for dad's eyes only on that package. But we have, we're going to start this year one of two ways, compromise or consecration. Let me just tell you this. This was a statement, and let me find this real quick because I, 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 I wanted to share with you, something that um, God prompted this in my heart this morning um, when I was um, preparing for the day. Um, And we've all perhaps been in this this state and challenged in our spirit. And I don't know who wrote this. It was not me. Uh, But it really challenged my spirit. I have shared this with a few people. Backsliding feels good because there's a temporary sense of relief when you stop fighting. I'm going to speak right to your spirit right now. I'm going to come against the spirit of backsliding. That's that's a word, it's a biblical word. Backsliding is a spiritual word, it's a word that's used in the Word of God. Backsliding feels good because there's a temporary sense of relief when you stop fighting. It is normal and common for people to feel right, to feel peace, and to feel justified in their decision when they initially walk away from God. Listen to me, because there is a euphoria associated with backsliding that is part of a deceptive and a destructive work of the enemy. What feels like victory when you walk away from God is actually surrender to carnality. What feels like breakthrough is actually bondage. What feels like freedom is actually forfeiting a spiritual authority. What feels like revelation is actually deception. And revelation and deception feel the same. Let me say it. They feel the same. Because you get a sense of euphoria. You get a sense of a Aha. You get a sense like everything is going to be great. Everything. There is a sense that both of those things have a feel, kind of the same feeling. That everything is going to be all right. Everything is great. Everything is going to be all oh, fine because revelation and deception have the same feelings at times. They have the same spiritual sensation, but the motivation and result are very different. One comes from a place of consecration and the other from a place of compromise. Let me say that again. The one comes from the place of consecration and the other from a place of compromise. Revelation leads to life and deception leads to death. True revelation causes you to seek God more. It increases, it increases consecration and commitment and sacrifice. But deception causes less commitment, less congregate, consecration, and less sacrifice. Hear me today, this, this, this year and this church, we have got to get to the mindset, we have to start with consecration. You say, Pastor, I do this and I do that, and I do this around the church and I, I do that. It doesn't matter if you sweep the floor, plunge the toilets, or clean the outside, but are you consecrated? I said, are you consecrated? Because a consecrated life has different fruit than a, dece- a life that's deceived. Hear me right now. A consecrated life is faithful to the house of God and the things of God. A consecrated life shows fruit of joy and peace and faith and joy and and having an overcoming spirit. We have walked around too long with being deceived by the things of this world. And I've seen too many people walk around in the molly grubs and thinking that things are going to work out. Where is your faith? Where is your consecration? Have you been in the presence of the Almighty God? Because when you get in the presence of God, there is a fruit that will come out of that. I said there is fruit that will come out of a, a life that has been in prayer, that has been seeking God, life, a life that is set apart for God's service. There's something different been praying and seeking God, you don't talk about your neighbor. You don't talk about your loved ones. You don't go around and gossip. We don't go around and, and, and belittle people. We don't go around, but we lift people up. We challenge people to stay close to the Lord. Yeah, I may come to you and, and challenge you to read your word. It's time to challenge you to pray and seek God more because I want you to be ready when Jesus comes. I want to be want you, have you ready when Jesus calls us home. We cannot wait to any longer and be in the this- by the things of this world and by this devil, their adversary. But I want to tell you today that if you get in the presence of the almighty God and you begin to seek God and you live a life that is consecrated, those things that used to be challenging, the things that used to weigh you down are just simply crushed under your feet of praise. They are crushed under your feet of having peace that is in your life. Say, Pastor, these are harsh words. Deception is a harsh word, but it's a biblical word. I was talking to my father, and he, he uh, convicted me. And uh, he does, does it a lot. You've got to be careful when you call him. He'll convict you. And it's not him. It's the Spirit of God that moves through him. And I just want to clarify that point. And uh, we began to talk. I was sharing with him about a situation and I said, I use these new word terms. You know, people have a victim mentality. How many ever heard that? And I use this. He said, Son, that's not a biblical word. Use biblical words. He said, That's the spirit of rebellion, that's the spirit of witchcraft. I said, All right. But, Dad, those are hard words to tell somebody. It's easier to tell somebody, you know, you're playing the victim card right now. But if you can say, You know what? You're part of witchcraft. That's much harder to tell somebody. But this world will try to deceive us that they come up with these new terms that we can work our way out of situations. But the Bible is very clear. He wants us to come out of them and be a separate. Get out of deception here today and get into consecration. Get out of the world's mindset and get into a place and a closet with the Lord Jesus Christ. Be not as the fallen beasts of this world, who breathe in and out. Are you hearing me today? I'm going to read something to you. Doing some studying, and I usually don't quote from um, uh, what do you call them? Study books and study. What is it? Commentaries. There we go. Because some commentaries of the Trinitarian belief, and they'll kind of mix things in, and or they'll have some of their own subjective. So I did some studying on this before. Before I quote something, I I want to make sure I know what they're saying is right. And uh, and this this commentary, and I I I don't have it. Which one? And if you want to Google it, you can, and you can figure out which one I used. Um, It says, "Without the fear of the Lord, man is but vanity." Without the fear of the Lord, man is but vanity. Here's the thing. We are deceived in this life because there is a lack of fear of God. Let me say that again. There's a lack of fear of God. There's a lack of fear of the wrath of God. The world has deceived us. And like I preached last week, that Jesus is coming, but you got plenty of time. That Jesus is coming, but don't worry about it. Somebody can pray you out of the grave and get you into heaven. In fact, you know what? There's purgatory, so you can pray you into purgatory, and then when they get to heaven, they'll pray you out of purgatory into heaven. That is nothing but a deceived lie from the pit of hell. Nowhere in the scriptures does it talk about purgatory. Nowhere in Scripture can somebody, once they die, be resurrected by a man's prayer. It does not happen. Now, God can bring that flesh back to life, he can take dry bones and bring them back to life. Somebody say, hey, man, that's biblical. He brought Lazarus after being dead and he's sticking in the grave for three days and brought him back to life. But then he can bring salvation in that moment. But once you've died, once you've died, you've gone to a place. That is your destination, if you will. You have, you have been, you're going to heaven or to hell. But the Bible teaches us that men... Are falling prey to the deceptive nature of this world and the Antichrist and the things of this world that says that your vanity means more than the things of God. I'm tired, I'm, just, just me. I get weary of selfies. Y'all, that's just me. Selfies are, are, can be fun sometimes, and we take them as a group, and all well, that's fine. And I'm not preaching against selfies, but there is this, there's a mentality that's, a, that it's a, uh, that's very uh, progressive in this world. And that is to, we try to glorify ourselves. I don't know how many times I've seen my daughter take 50 selfies to get the right one. That's the wrong angle. That's the wrong side. And all this, that, and the other. And they're acting goofy, and that, that's fine. It's, it, it, but there's a spirit that sometimes it can get attached to us. That, that we glorify ourselves more than we glorify God. I wonder what the people would see is if we try to take, a, take an image of the invisible God. If people will look upon us, and will they see the image of the invisible God? Will they see a son and a daughter of the Lord that's crying out to the Lord, that's bringing an example to this earth? So, without the fear of the Lord, man is but vanity. Set that aside. Judges will not use their power well. This commentary says, and there is another judge that stands before the door. With God, there is a time for the redressing of grievances. Though as yet we see it not, Solomon seems to express in this scripture his wish that men might perceive that by choosing this world as their portion, they brought themselves to a level with the beasts without being free as they are from present vexations and a future account. Let me tell you something. You know why a beast cannot be saved? Because they're subject to the things of this earth. My dog cannot repent. He needs to. My dogs cannot repent and they both need baptized. If God could save them, I'd bring them up here and baptize them in Jesus' name. They, they, they wag their tail and, and get those sappy eyes, and we forgive them, but they, they cannot be saved nor can they be redeemed because they don't have a choice. They are subject to the Lamb. They are subject. To the laws and the things and the precepts that God created upon this earth. Talks about the rivers. They flow into the sea, but they never stop flowing. And the sea is never full. There are certain things that are times and places for for things to happen. The the nature has, has its rules. It has its principles that they live by. They don't have the choice to be saved or not. They can't say, forgive me for I am a sinner. The Bible says, Solomon says, you become like us unto the beast. Because when you come to a place and you've been deceived to a place that you have come to, you're just like the beast and you're so vexated by the deception of this world. All of a sudden you have no choice in the matter. You have no choice in the matter. Is this all right here today? But I know there is a name, man named Jesus that does have a choice in the matter. I uh, said There is a man named Jesus that does have a choice in the matter. That if you go to him and say, I can't do this on my own. I have no choice. I, I have no choice but to sin. I have no choice. But Jesus said, I'm going to forgive you and release you from that vexation. Release you from that bondage. So now you do have the choice to worship me. You do have a choice to love me. You do have a choice to make it to heaven. The Bible says that Jesus releases us from that bondage. The power of the cross releases us. The power of the cross sets us free. Commentary goes on to say, both return to the dust from whence they are taken. What little reason have we to be proud of our bodies, our bodily accomplishments? But as none can fully comprehend, so few consider properly the difference between the rational soul of man and the spirit or life of a beast. The spirit of man goes upward to be judged. And this it, and in this is this fixed in an unchangeable state of happiness or misery. It is as certain that the spirit of the beast goes downward to the earth, it perishes at death. Surely their case is lamable. The height of whose of whose hopes and wishes is that they may die like the beast. What she will want to desire is when you have fall prey and when God comes, you pray that your spirit does not make it make it to the throne of judgment. Because you would rather just die like a beast on this earth and your spirit not go to, to bear record of your life. Bible says that you want to be like the beast so you can not have judgment. Think about that for a moment. When your time comes, I pray that I don't have to go to the judgment seat of God. I pray that I don't have to go before the Lord. I pray that I don't have to do this. I pray that I don't have to be. The, 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 the. So we we discard that whole judgment seat because we would prefer to be like the beast and that spirit not to go before the throne of judgment. Let me tell you today, we will find ourselves ready or not before the throne of judgment. Do not be deceived here today. Start your year with consecration, not deception. I knew I wouldn't get a lot of amens. I knew I wouldn't get a lot of people shouting. I knew I wouldn't. I'm telling you the truth right now. I felt like God, This sometimes our spirit wants to get people running the aisles. But what it really needs, your spirit needs to be running to this altar right now, making sure your heart is right for the Lord because your judgment is coming and God wants you to make heaven your home. Mm-hmm. So, the most feared word the devil fears is right now, is now. I was talking to someone before church, and they said, Pastor, Sister Cheryl said, I talk and witness to people at the people at the, at the home she stays at, and she said, it's like it falls on deaf ears that Jesus is coming. I said, well, the Bible says that would happen. Even when Jesus came to this earth and walked in the flesh, people did not want anything to do with him. His message fell on deaf ears. So I am encouraged today, whether you receive it or not, and it may fall on deaf ears upon some. But others, I know that are in this room that you've contemplated at the beginning of this year, and then you you've said you're going to do some things different. You said you're going to pray more, maybe study more, maybe live for the Lord, maybe maybe gravitate back to the presence of God and get to that place because you know God has got a got a calling upon your life, and God wants you to do some wonderful things. And you've set some things in your life, but you've given your way of an escape, you've given yourself an out. But I'm here to tell you today, you need to eliminate that Plan B of this year and say, Lord, the plan today is to seek your face. The plan today is to be consecrated. Today is the day of salvation and I shall not fear. I shall not fear. Let's stand together right now. I'm here to declare the mighty works of God that wants to be declared in your life. I'm here that God does want to heal. The Bible says he is a healer and that means he can heal. That means he has already healed and he can do it again. God says he's a savior. That means he has saved before and he can save somebody right now. My God can forgive you and he is a forgiver. So God can reach down into your spirit and forgive you of anything of wrongdoing. I'll come against the spirit uh, that says you want to be like anything else in this world. Uh, Everything in this world, Hollywood, they're nothing but beasts. They've been until they were walking with the Lord. They're nothing but things in this world that are fallen nature of this world. Don't be like everybody else in this world. I'm calling for somebody that wants to be like Christ, uh, that says, I want to be a consecrated believer in Jesus Christ. Mm. Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49 says, thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee. In a day of salvation have I helped thee and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause, to inherit the desolate heritage, that thou mayest say to the prisoners, Go forth to them that are in darkness. She yourselves, uh, free yourselves. They shall feed in the ways, and their pastures shall be in all high places. I'm here to declare right now that you can be free in the name of Jesus Christ, that your worship be returned unto thee, and worship will be on your lips, and a true love for God will be upon your hearts and are seeking a heart of God and be consecrated unto Him. Let 2020 be resolved. Let it be resolved right now that I declare today is the hour. This moment is the moment. I don't have to go around reminding the devil. Every day that I am a child of God, my life and the fruit of my life will dictate to the devil what is being done in my life. I'm going to put him under the blood of Jesus Christ, and I don't have to fear about him. I don't have to worry about him because I am a new creature, and that new creature is found in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. All things are becoming new. I'm looking for somebody that's ready to consecrate themselves before the Lord. If you want to consecrate yourself before the Lord and set into set into motion right now because the devil is fearful. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.